Enchanted Ears podcast, where we discuss anything and everything Disney. I'm Angela. And I'm Joan. On today's episode, we're going to be giving our top tips for taking a short trip to Disney World. That was a lot of teas right there. It was. And a, and a shout got, out to I my- I almost got tongue-tied. You did. And a shout out to my friend, Michael, who actually asked me this question. I was like, that would be a great episode idea. Yeah. And we frequently take short trips. I mean, we, we frequently take like a long weekend, mm-hmm. three days- down to Disney Three, World. Days, yep. Yeah. So this is something that we do quite frequently. Actually, pretty rare that we do like a week long trip down mm-hmm. there. It's been a few years since we've done that. But let's first start with the Disney news of the week. So some exciting news coming out of Walt Disney World about a few items returning. Uh, I say items because one of them's not an attraction, but very excited about this. So Disney announced the return of minivans. <laughs> so everybody had been talking about our minivans gone forever. Are they coming back? Disney did announce that they are coming back. No official date, but they said sometime this summer, all the minivans will be returning. This is some of the most exciting news I've heard <laughs> in the past couple of years about things coming back to Disney World. I love the minivans. I think they're a great form of transportation. So I am super excited that the minivans will be returning. Yeah, we really enjoyed that. And I mean, the people who the drivers of the minivans are usually really friendly and they're really good at kind of giving you advice if you ask them. Um, I know when we took one, when we went to the Christmas party, our minivan driver gave us a lot of really good hot tips and she was able to kind of tell us, you know, what attractions fill up pretty quickly so that we knew where to go. Oh, it was clutch. I mean, she told us which characters to go see right. first and everything. Yeah, it's great. It, it's great having someone you know, a Disney cast member who can give you some additional details. You know, part of me sees this as, well, of course, minivans are going to be coming back because they offer transportation to and from the airport for like $150. And (laughs) so, you know, Disney gets rid of the free option and then, well, here's some minivans you can can pay for, you can cash in. Because, you know, Mirrors, um, I think is, is a pretty inexpensive option, but there's been some issues with wait times, you know, Uber is not necessarily the cheapest thing. Um, so I think there's probably a lot of people that are like, Hey, yeah, if I can just pre-book a minivan and know I can go, you know, it's going to be there as soon as I land, I can take it whenever I you know, need to go back on my time. I see a lot of people using this, but yeah, even throughout the resort, minivans are great if you don't want to wait for buses or things like that. So I'm really excited about that. Disney also announced that the Magic Kingdom Railroad is getting closer to reopening. So they are testing the trains. Uh, the trains are, are kind of starting testing again. It's been closed for a few years now because of Tron, because they've been building Tron and they had to move the railway and they're, they're building a tunnel because um, basically Tron goes out past uh, on top of the railway. Um, but that tunnel's almost done. So they're testing the train. So it's been, I want to say it's been like three or four years since the train has been running at Walt Disney World over at the Magic Kingdom. Uh, so Disney announced again, no specific date, but it'll be returning this summer. So again, another kind of iconic attraction coming back to Magic Kingdom. I mean, I think that Walt would be happy about that, seeing as he loved trains. <laughs> he did love trains. I'm, I'm very excited. It, it's fun to ride the train just around the park and just to kind of, you know, see a different side of the park. And it's a you know kind of a fun mode of transportation. So I'm excited that that's returning. And it'll be fun to ride whenever you ride do a run Dis- Disney race. So if I do the, the Dopey, I think that'll be the, my ride of choice. Just riding the train around. <laughs> That's not a bad idea. All right. And then over at Disneyland Paris, they announced a major overhaul to their shopping district. So they're going to be redoing their entire shopping district. It's going to be called the Disney Village. And they talked about um, how this is going to be a multi-year 
transformation. And if it's going to be anything like what they did with Disney Springs, I think it's going to be incredible. It sounds great. According to the Disney Parks blog post, Um, they talked about this expansion. It says it's going to result in, quote, a relaxing lakeside park and boardwalk, enhanced pedestrian walkways, brand new facades, relaxing terraces and patios and lush landscaping, as well as plenty of diverse eateries. So it sounds kind of like the French version of Disney Springs, like a a lakeside retreat here. Um, So it sounds absolutely amazing. I can't wait to see what they do here. Le Parc Disney. That's as best as you're going to get with my French. Uh, We're going to we're going to fail over in, in France this summer. Yeah, I was gonna say. I think the only <laughs> the only downside of this is that it's gonna take you know years to do, and they're gonna yeah. start this year. Um, so we are planning a trip this year to Disneyland Paris. So you know the current kind of shopping, uh, there might be some stuff closed as they're starting this transformation. Um, but it sounds great. I, I think it's it's gonna be wonderful. Yeah, it is. You know, unique. They have this lake there that kind of the shopping district surrounds. So I think again, they have just the opportunity to really make this look beautiful and really pop. Yeah, I'm excited, especially if it's like Disney Springs, because that's a that's a relaxing place. That's a place that I think we always would like to spend more time. But there's also just the parks. I want to live there. I every time I go, (laughs) I want the you know what they did, kind of that like stream uh, in the middle of Disney Springs, like right by like Deluxe Burger and and by Gideon's Bakery and everything. Like I want that to be my backyard. Like that's like Mm -hmm. on my vision board for how I want my backyard to look. If I ever get on one of those home renovation shows where they redo your <laughs> well, landscaping first you have to in your apply backyard. for that no they just randomly pick you <laughs> I, i'm gonna say hey here you go just make it look like disney Springs." so yeah I'd, I'd love to live there i like the little balls that they have like the colored balls they have floating in the water oh yeah it looks great at night i mean it's just it's perfect if you don't go to disney springs very often head down there it's it's a great place just to sit and eat by there kind of people watch it's it's awesome i love it All right, and before we get into the main topic, though, I do have a little bit of a bone to pick um, with our subscribers over on our YouTube channel because I put a poll out there. What's the best ride in Epcot? And Living with the Land... I was going to say, they did not pick Living with the Land. The best attraction only got 7%, which was just slightly higher than the 4% Frozen Ever After got. What? So I got to say people are tripping because living with the land is an incredible attraction. So the five attractions I put out there, cause you can only list five on polls on YouTube. So I put out test track living with the land frozen ever after Soren, and then Remy's Ratatouille adventure. So test track far and away won with 52% of the vote. Wow. Soren was number two at 23%. Remy's was at 14 and then living with the land at seven and then frozen ever after at four. Living with the land, I, people are missing something. You know what, though? Okay, two things. No, I do wonder. Like, I didn't have Spaceship Earth. Some people commented Spaceship Earth and things. Again, I only had five to pick there. But I almost feel like even if I put that out there, it wouldn't have done very well. So two things here. One, I think that most people need to ride Living with the Land with you because I didn't ex- appreciate this ride until I rode it with you. And two, they do need to get rid of the beginning portion or update it or something because that is very boring. But once you get into the actual ride where you see all of the fruits and stuff and veggies and the different plants, like I always feel like I see a different plant every single time. And it makes me want to grow my own garden and have my own like geodesic sphere. I don't even know if I'm saying that right, but it does. What other attraction? Action at Disney World can motivate you to want to like immediately go out and want to grow your garden. Every yeah. time, every time, this is what happens to me. I get, we go kind of in the spring to live in with the land. It's going to happen again when we go. 
<laughs> it's gonna happen again when, when we go next week. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna ride it, and I'm gonna go. I can do this. I can grow plants, and then I'm gonna grow a garden, and nothing's gonna grow in it. It so, always gets my hopes up. But what other attraction does that at Disney World? So a little peek behind the scenes for our listeners. Last year after going, Joe built his own hydroponics. And then also he built a little, uh, a little like shed, little, I mean, little tiny shed. Like a for, little greenhouse. Yeah, like a little greenhouse. I will say the hydroponics worked really well as a starter. And I think that that, but unfortunately our yard does not get enough. This enough is what sun. I've learned. It's the Florida sun that does it. That's the magic of living with the land. It's the Florida sun that it that there's sun shining. I like mean, the temperature control. 90% of the time. Right. When you live uh, up in the northeast in the cold winter and it's not a lot of sun, stuff doesn't grow as well. But again, every time I ride that, I think I can become a gardener. It always gets my hopes up. We have managed to keep the same pineapple plant alive for like three years running now. Never got a pineapple, but I think that's an accomplishment though. But again, 7%. You guys are tripping. That's all I got to say. All right. So let's jump into our main topic. So again, this is kind of advice for planning and having a great trip if you only have a few days at Disney. And so the, the first tip is to pack light. You know, if you're only going for a couple of days, you obviously don't need a lot of stuff, but mm-hmm. try to pack as light as possible. If you take just carry on luggage, you're going to get out of the airport faster. And basically all of these tips are how to... Do things quickly, yeah. not waste a lot of time, and to really maximize the amount of time you have. And when I think of short trips, I mean, I think of maybe like two to three days, you know, right. and a lot of this. Again, it's a, it's a long weekend. You know, maybe you go Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, something like that where you, know, you, you don't have a ton of time. You don't have, you know, like a down day to really like regroup right. or anything. And so it's all about just maximizing the amount of time you have. And just having carry-on luggage because you don't need a lot of stuff is a great way to maximize some time as soon as you get there. And, you know, a little tip because every time we go to do this, um, I always freak out and like, can I take my razor? Like, I need to be able to take my razor. You can take a razor in your carry-on. It's just, it has to be like, you know, one of the little ones that you shave your legs with or whatever, but you can do that. So you don't have to freak out and look it up. You can do it uh, as of right now with the airline security. All right, our next tip is to try to take an early flight when you arrive and the latest flight as possible when you leave. And again, this is all about maximizing the time in your parks. If you if you do this correctly, if you get the earliest flight possible and the latest flight possible, you can actually get three full days in the parks even from a long weekend. So this mm-hmm. is something we frequently do yep. where we will take a 5 a.m. flight. Now, we are on the East Coast, so it's not like we're flying you right. know, across the country. So this isn't going to work if you're you know, in California, flying to Florida, but you know, we'll take a, a 5 a.m. flight, you know, that gets into Disney early enough that by the time you get to your hotel and in the parks, it's maybe yep. 9:30, so you maybe missed an hour. Yeah, opening. parks just open. Yeah, just opening, so you can get a full day that day. And then if you take a late enough flight that's maybe leaves at nine or ten o'clock at night, especially depending on when you go. You know, Animal Kingdom sometimes closes at seven o'clock at night. Hollywood Studios is sometimes seven or eight o'clock at night. So if you go to one of those parks on your final day and you have a 
you know, nine or 10 o'clock flight that you leave, you can basically get a full day there. So, you know, in three days, you can still get three full days in the parks if you really time these right. And another little side tip that kind of goes with this one is if you go and get pre-check, then you can not have to worry about, you know, going through the full security. And it's, I mean, I think we pay like what, a hundred bucks a piece or something to get pre-check. And then when we go to the the airport, it it allows us to get through the lines faster. So then that's another thing is, you know, we don't plan for the three hours anymore. We plan for like two. And then if you, because there's no Magical Express anymore, you can always call an Uber and that way you can shave it a little closer because Magical Express made you go back a little earlier. That's a good point. I was actually going to mention that with Magical Express is, you know, it was great to have, but always the return trip, you had to go back so early. They picked you up three hours yeah. early. And like you said, you know, if you have pre-check and you can get through security pretty quickly, you're going to be spending a lot of time in the airport just kind of waiting around. Whereas, you know, taking an Uber, not relying on Magical Express, you don't have to go as early. You can cut it a little bit closer, you know, maybe only be an hour and a half early or something like that, which will then again, give you an extra hour in the parks or something. So again, if you take a late flight, if you take an Uber, you can basically get a full day, your last day there as well. Our number three tip is to make a list of your must-dos and what you can skip. So you really need to sit down and actually think about this. Do your research in advance and know what it is that you want to ride. Weekend trips are more for people that uh, you know have gone down to Disney, I feel like, and have ridden it all or they went down to Disney and are like, oh, I missed these couple of things. So um, if you're a person who hasn't been to Disney in 15 years, it might be a little hard to get it all in. You might have to do some research. So just make sure that you kind of look at this in advance and know you're not going to hit everything and that's okay. Yeah. And you really have to be like ruthless about this. Like you, <laughs> like you really have to, I know you, Andrew, you tell me this all the time in writing, there's like this, this idea of kill your darlings. Yes. Like you have to be willing, even though you, you're attached to something, you have to be willing to let it go. And I feel like let this is, let it go. And you really don't have, need that ride anymore. Thank you. So, so you really have to, to, to kind of come in with this mindset with attractions as well. Cause to your point, if you're only going for a couple of days and I even see this, you know, short trip, maybe you're somebody that goes to universal a lot and you just want to add a couple of days at Disney, mm-hmm. you know, just a weekend at Disney, you know, two days, three days at Disney. It's kind of the same idea. You really, really have to think about what is it okay if I skip? Yes. Maybe you really like space mountain, but if you really think about it, is it okay if you skip it? Like, do you have to ride it when you go down? Now, for us, we would say, yes, we got to ride Space Mountain. Yeah. Um, you know, whereas we can say, hey, if we skip Big Thunder Mountain or Splash Mountain, we're okay with that. But other people may be different. They may have to ride Splash Mountain. They don't care about Space Mountain. So you really have to think about, like, what truly is it do you have to ride? And I would come up with maybe two things at each park that are must-dos. Don't come up with a list of like, well, here's my 15 things I have to do because that's too much. You got to keep it to two or three things in each park whenever you're coming up with this list. And, I, and I, we realize that the bigger your family is, the more difficult this becomes because everyone's interests are different. And I think that's why you have to keep it small because even if you have a bigger group, if you have one or two must-dos, if you have five people it's going to be easier to do everybody's one or two must do's because you're going to have some overlap than if you tell everybody, Hey, come up with like the 10 things you have to do. That's going to be impossible to handle. Exactly. All right. The next tip is don't park hop. And I, you know, this may be a little bit controversial. This may seem counterintuitive, but when you're going for such a limited amount of time, park hopping can really take 
hours off of your trip. So if you think about it, if you're going for a week or something like that, you're, you're going to be there so long, you're not going to mind the break of hopping between parks. You might want to go to Disney Springs. You might want to spend some time at the pool. But when you're only there for a couple days, you may feel like you can get more done by hopping between parks. But really, the amount of time it takes to walk to the bus, to take the bus or the monorail or the Skyliner, then to go through security, get back into that park. If you do that a few times, that could potentially be half a day that you're losing over the weekend. And a half a day could be, depending on the weights, three or four attractions. Yeah, I think that we did this a couple, uh, like maybe last year or something. We took a weekend trip, three-day trip. Uh, We didn't do any park hopping and we just skipped Hollywood Studios, I think, altogether. So we did one day at Animal Kingdom, one day at Magic Kingdom, and one day at... um, Epcot. And I think that that actually worked out really well because it slowed us down and allowed us to really focus on what it was that we wanted to do at each of those particular parks. Yeah. And we always just get more done staying in one park. Now we did do that. That was during the pandemic when you couldn't park hop and yeah. crowds were low. So we were obviously able to get more done. True, But that is something to, to consider too. If you're going for a short amount of time, kind of a bonus tip here, go during a slow season. Because you don't want to go in the middle of summer. You don't want to go on spring break when the crowds are so intense that, you know, this year for spring break, for instance, I think Hollywood Studios, like everything was two hours. And so, crazy. you know, it's going to take you a day, it's going to take you eight hours to ride four rides. So when you're going for such a limited amount of time, you don't want to be only riding four attractions in a day. So go during a slower period of time and you can do more. And then, yeah, it makes it seem like you want to park hop, but I would almost suggest not to. And like you're saying, if you're only going for three days, that's going to mean you're not going to go to one park. And that kind of goes back to what we were saying is like, really be ruthless on what you can skip. Like what is your least favorite park? And you have to be okay not going there. Because it, you know, under under this, you want to maximize the time you have, and you don't want to spend a ton of time going between parks. All right, number five is to take advantage of early morning magic hours. So first thing in the morning, there aren't as many people there. People don't want to get up. People kind of struggle, I think, to get their families moving. So if you're able to get there when park opens, it is very uncrowded. And we've talked about this a million times. How we basically were able to hit like five of the biggest attractions in Magic Kingdom in the first hour and before anything filled up. And I think that that is such a good tip because it helps you knock out those rides again where the the weights can swell to 40 minutes, an hour, two hours sometimes on a, on a busy day. Um, you can get most of that done. And also, if you do stay later, sometimes during the fireworks shows um, and right before park closure, it does thin out again so you can kind of try to hit some of those rides again before park closes. And those early morning hours are also a great time to do your must-dos. So if you stay on property and you get in as part of the early morning magic, you get in the extra you know half hour, sometimes 45 minutes early, that's a great time to go to your must-dos because again, that's going to be your shortest wait time. So if you have two or three attractions that are your must-dos and you get them out of the way early in the day, then it's just all gravy after that. And you're going to have a much <laughs> more experience than if you're trying to you know, wait two hours for your favorite attraction. And this also kind of goes in conjunction with our number six tip. And that's consider utilizing Disney Genie Plus, a touring plan, something like that. Because again, you know, they're designed, uh, especially touring plans designed to help you be most efficient as you go through the parks and hit all your must-do's attractions. And if you use that in conjunction with 
the early hours, you're really going to maximize how much you can get done. And we, we've talked about this, especially like Disney Genie Plus. Is it worth it? You know, is it, is it worth it to pay for each day? And I think we've kind of said, hey, if you're going for a long period of time and you're going to be going to every park twice or something like that, you're probably going to be able to do everything you want to do without paying extra for Disney Genie Plus. But I think where it may make sense is if you are only going for a couple of days and you're trying to maximize what you can do, the extra, you know, $15 a day, maybe not every day, but maybe, you know, one day, like at the Magic Kingdom where there's a lot of attractions, it may be worth it. Because if you go early and you use Disney Genie Plus or you use something like touring plans, you're going to probably get through an extra three or four attractions in that day than if you just went a little bit later and you just you weren't using something to optimize what attractions you go to to wait for. Number seven is to stay where you have quick access to transportation, especially if that gives you quick transportation to the parks that you want to visit. So we've always liked staying at Art of Animation or Pop Century because you always have the option to take a bus or to take the Skyliner. And as a bonus, because Art of Animation and Pop Century are so close to each other and you're able, if you're able to walk, you can actually walk from Pop Century to Art of Animation and vice versa. And I think that that also is is a nice little bonus. So bus comes first uh, for Art of Animation. You don't want to wait. Just go to Pop Pop Century. Yeah. So I think those are are good options. Again, at like kind of the, the value level. I think if you have a little bit more to spend and you want to stay closer like if you if you're planning to go to the magic kingdom and that's kind of like your key park staying at one of the hotels right up there on the monorail because then also you have quick access to epcot i think if you're somebody that wants that's planning to go to epcot and hollywood studios staying at like beach and yacht club or the boardwalk now again even swan and dolphin because that's probably a little bit more reasonably priced than boardwalk uh, and beach and yacht club because it's a little bit more expensive but from that area you can walk to epcot and you can walk to hollywood studios so you can get there very quickly you don't even have to wait for buses so if those are two parks you're very interested in try to stay there if you're you know really interested in magic kingdom and epcot stay up by the monorail uh, parks up by the magic kingdom because you can walk to the magic kingdom like at the contemporary and then take the monorail down to epcot so think about what parks you want to go to try to stay close to those parks try to stay, you know, at a place that has a lot of transportation. Again, like, you know, I don't know that I'd want to stay at like a Coronado Springs where I have to take a bus to everywhere or even like Caribbean Beach where that resort is so big, you have to take a bus to get to the different stops around the resort. Like there's just a bus to take you around Caribbean Beach to go eat breakfast and things like that, where you're going to be a lot of time on a bus that may not be the most efficient use of your time. Right, exactly. Okay, number eight is to save time on meals by either using quick service or bringing your own food. So if you're trying to maximize the time you have in the parks now, this is with a caveat of if you're trying to maximize your time on attractions and shows and character greetings. If you're somebody that you want to go <laughs> food have is all your the priority. best food, yeah, then definitely do all the sit-down restaurants. But those sit-down restaurants are going to take more of your time. They're a time eater. Huh? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Then doing something like, like quick service or, again, you know, a, a reminder, you can bring your own food. You can have Amazon or Instacart deliver groceries to your hotel the first day you get there, and you can pack your own lunches when you're there. And again, it'll just help you save more time in the parks. One thing that I always do in Disney parks or basically anywhere that we go is I always buy like RX bars or Lara bars or something like that because 
you don't want to get to the point where you are starving. Um, even sometimes with us and we love to eat, you know, we might get to a point where we haven't eaten in a while, but there's something that we want to do. So we put it off. And so I like carrying those with me in my backpack at all times so that I can then take a quick snack, you know, take a few bites on one of those bars. And then that way I'm not cranky because again, you don't want to ruin any of the time that you have with your family getting hangry. And shout out to Sully Canteen. We, we talk a lot about, about this, but if you're at Animal Kingdom, great quick service restaurant. I think that's probably the best quick service restaurant. It's the best quick service restaurant at Animal Kingdom. It's They're, one of the best. Yeah. It's one of the best in all of Disney World. Um, so it's a, a great place to go eat. It's, it's in Pandora. Great atmosphere, great food. I think our other favorite is the Backlot Express in Hollywood Studios. I mean, I think I was just really impressed. Sully Canteen's much. Oh, yeah. yeah, Sully Canteen Canteen. is is by far the best because I think everyone in your family, Joe's a very picky eater. I'm not. Everyone in your family can find something that they like. Um, Backlot, I just really was impressed with the salad that I got. So I think that, you know, those are really great places to consider if you've never done that before. So our next tip is to make sure everybody is on board. Shorter trips can definitely feel more hectic. They're higher energy. So you want to make sure that everybody in your group realizes that because, again, if if they have these really high expectations going in that they're going to get to do everything that they want, they're going to be disappointed. And so you want to set the bar a little bit lower so that they recognize that, hey, we're going to go. We're going to do these things. We're going to have a good time. And that's that's okay that we might maybe don't hit these couple rides. And I don't want to say set the bar lower because I think that's a, a negative well, connotation there. But I do think, you know, this is especially important if you have a larger group that you're going with. You know, you're not you're going with a, you know, a group of friends, you know, family members. It's not just a solo trip because like you mentioned, shorter trips can feel a lot more high energy because you, you do kind of want to be go, go, go. Like we said, you want to get in the parks early. You want to try to stay late. You know, it's not, oh, I'm going to have a nice pool day here. I'm going to, you know, go down to Disney Springs and do a lot of shopping. I mean, it really is you're trying to maximize the amount of time you have there. You're take, you're getting up early to take an early flight. You're leaving late, so you may be getting home late. So you really want to make sure everybody kind of understands, yeah, like you said, what the expectations are, what the game plan is. And if, if everybody doesn't want to do that, and maybe you have some people in your family that are like, I do want to just spend some time at the pool. I do want to relax. That's fine too, but at least everybody knows ahead of time. So it's like you can kind of build that in that maybe a portion of your group is going to go back to the hotel for a little bit. And again, that kind of ties into being all the more important that you stay close by the parks you're going to be at. So again, if you're you know going to be at the Magic Kingdom a lot and a group of your family wants to go back to the hotel, try to stay at the contemporary, the poly, you know, someplace close by. Or if you're going to be at Epcot and Hollywood Studios because you like the food at Epcot and you like (laughs) Star Wars and you're going to be between those two parks, Beach and Yacht Club is great. They have a great pool there. So, you know, if you have a group of people that want to go back and maybe relax at the hotel a little bit, it's easier for them just to kind of walk back and then you can meet up on the boardwalk for lunch or something like that. So think about that and have that discussion beforehand because you don't want to be down there in the middle of it and you know you have half your group trying to run as fast as they can from one attraction to another, <laughs> and the other group is like, "I just am so tired. I want to sit here." And then you know you're not on the same page, right? Just a quick note. Again, uh, we're not big caffeine people, but 
There's a lot of Starbucks in the parks. They're just not called Starbucks. And also Joffrey's is all over the place as well. So, you know, if you need a little extra pick me up in the middle of the day because you're getting up or like staying up late, getting up a little earlier than you're used to, then, you know, there, there are plenty of those opportunities for you to hit up. Yeah, exactly. And I think our last tip just to wrap this up is to have fun. Yeah. So, you know, again, all of this, it's going to be stressful planning. You're going to be, you know, kind of worried about it. But just remember, have fun. And all these tips are really designed to try to alleviate that stress and to kind of what, what you were saying, Angela, is to like level set expectations. Right. You know, it's all about trying to maximize your time. But it's also all about trying to not feel rushed and to make sure, yes, you understand what are your must-dos and what you're okay with not doing because that's going to have you have a better trip. You're going to have more fun if you're focused on, I got to do my must-dos versus, oh, look at all the stuff I didn't get to do because we were so rushed. So mm-hmm. if you go in with understanding, I'm okay if I don't go to Animal Kingdom you know, and you don't go to that park, you're not going to feel let down of like, well, we only went to three parks. We didn't get to the fourth one because you you knew, hey, everything we want to do is in these three parks. So we're going to get to do everything we want to do. I, I think that you said, you know, a very, a very good phrase that I've heard a lot of people, particularly in the fit, fitness industry, say uh, lately. And it's I get to not, you know, I have to or I didn't get to or I didn't do as well as I get to. So what did you get to do? If you focus that on that that will completely change your mindset and help you look at the positive side of things. Um, that's something that I try to carry on to everything, but vacations is especially, you know, another area where, you know, there, there could be really high expectations and it could be disappointing. So I get to, yeah, as you were saying, it's a great thing to focus on. Definitely. All right. So that wraps up our list of best tips for taking a short trip to Disney. We'd love to hear what your best tip is whenever you go to Disney. If you take a short trip, you know, what do you do to kind of maximize your time and fun in the parks? Head over to our Facebook page, Enchanted Ears, and let us know over there. I want to thank everybody again for listening this week. If you've not done so, please leave us a rating or a review. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast. It really helps, and we really appreciate it. Thanks for letting us your ears. Have a great week, everybody, and we'll see you here next Monday. Bye-bye.